Hello and welcome to this episode of Recorded. Today we'll be talking about the new gaming consoles from Sony and Microsoft that are out this month. Or perhaps arguing about it is a better way to put it, but we'll try and keep it as civilized as possible. We'll try and come to a consensus and see who can convince the other which of the consoles is better. And obviously, the correct answer to that is the Xbox. Hold on, Mike. We'll we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that at the end. <laughs> I'll start by saying that I am on the Sony corner here of the argument. Um, I cho- I choose Sony because that's more or less always been the console I bought myself, or had had been bought for me by my parents since the PlayStation One and the PlayStation Two. Uh, why why are you on the Microsoft corner, Mike? I think for me, part of it been playing on an Xbox for many, many years, the Xbox 360, then Xbox One, and you like to stay within that ecosystem and with all the friends that you've made there. But I think this time around, we could see a lot of people switching to Xbox for quite a few reasons that I think we'll get into as we go along. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath just yet, Mike. I think that the Sony still has a lot to offer. So as you said, uh, people kind of uh, have been hesitant to buy the other console if if they don't have both you have one and you stick to the uh company that you you've always been buying the consoles from uh most of the time it's arbitrary so in america it's always been microsoft uh elsewhere in the world it's always been sony uh you take out the number of uh consoles uh, sold in america from the equation and the Xbox doesn't sell anywhere else practically. But if you take the number of uh, Sony uh, consoles sold in America, it's still a very healthy market. So there's a lot of uh, factors to what you could say is a, a successful console. Uh, so let's talk about the new consoles now, the, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S. Is, am I correct in saying that? They're, they're always convoluted names. <laughs> That's one, one point that I will give to Sony is naming is a lot simpler when it comes to PlayStations. So with Xbox this time around, we have the Xbox Series X, which is the most powerful console of all, actually. And then a cheaper version, which is called the Xbox Series S. So yeah, let's talk about specs. Give me some numbers. What, what, what were we looking at when we talk about the Xbox? The Xbox Series X has 12 teraflops of graphics processing power. And people may ask, what's that all about? Who cares about the teraflop? And it's basically just a measurement of you know, how strong the console is in the graphics department. And in theory, that should translate into how good the games will look. In practice, it's a lot more complicated than that. So... Xbox has done a lot in their marketing to say that we have the most powerful console this generation because we have 12 teraflops of graphics processing power, and this is more than PlayStation has. Which, let's let's mention the number of teraflops that the PlayStation has. Yes. How does your slightly inferior system compare? It's less than 12, but it's it's still a very advanced, uh, <laughs> you know, gaming console. Look, ultimately, for, for, for the consumer, uh, what you need to know is that it's, it's a much more advanced console than the last generation, right? Yes. We can agree that the PlayStation 5 is heads and shoulders above the PlayStation 4, which is still a very advanced machine. We, we'll, we're seeing a lot of new games come out on the PlayStation 4 now that you could compare already to the PlayStation 5. So you as a consumer need to be excited because it just shows you the lengths that the PlayStation will achieve with the PlayStation 5. 
And I think that's where just looking at the raw numbers doesn't tell us the whole story at all. I think one of the biggest changes this generation, and it's the same here with both consoles, is the use of SSDs and super fast memory. You know, we're used to, again, taking quite a while to load. I don't know what your loading time is on Red Dead Redemption on the PlayStation, but it probably takes quite a few minutes to load into a level. Now, with this new generation of consoles, with the Xbox and the PlayStation, you're going to see that time cut drastically to single digits in some cases. And that is because of the completely different memory architecture of both consoles and the type of storage they're using. So comparing, you can't even compare just numbers to numbers in these two generations because you're talking about such radically different designs. That's a very good way of explaining how a PlayStation 5 is much better than a PlayStation 4. People understand loading times. They know how long they have to wait to go from a start screen to the beginning of a mission. So when Sony tells us that the PlayStation 5 will have seamless transitions between a menu and the beginning of a mission, people can understand that as being a much faster operating system than before. Something else that shows that often that I'm very excited about with the Xbox is the instant resume feature where you can have a few games going at a time. Um, I think it will depend on what games you're talking about here, but you could have, let's say, four different games running at the same time and instantly switch between just resuming where you were instead of you know closing a game, loading it up again, and going through the whole loading screen, all of that. So let's talk about some of the major games we are to expect with the new consoles. People buy these consoles for the games they want to play. All this technical stuff matters to maybe 10% of gamers, which is well and good, but people want to know what they can play on the new console. So give me some big names, Michael, and the exclusivity for the Xbox. The exclusives news for the Xbox is both good and bad. I think it started off a bit negatively when Halo Infinite was delayed. That was meant to be a launch title. And it still appears, I think, on a lot of the packaging for the console itself. So it's a bit of a shame that you won't actually be able to play that on day one. Not long after that, though, Microsoft announced that they had acquired ZeniMax, which owns Bethesda Studios. And through that, it means that Microsoft, that Xbox, now owns quite a few big names in gaming like the Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, Fallout, Prey. And those are not necessarily going to be Xbox exclusives, although they may. Uh, It could be. We don't know yet. But this brings us on to something else, which I think sets the two consoles apart a lot. And that is Microsoft Game Pass, where you pay a small monthly subscription and you get access to tons and tons of games. It's basically a Netflix for games. And all those Bethesda titles, all the Microsoft titles coming out in the future are going to be available to people who are Game Pass subscribers, whether that's on Xbox or on PC on day one. So you're not going to have to go out and buy the new Elder Scrolls game, buy the new Doom game, buy the new Fallout game. They will just be there as part of your subscription. Play them if you want, play them if you don't want. Let's say you're a parent, your kids are bugging you, please, we need a console. You start worrying, okay, how many games am I now going to have to buy every month? With Game Pass, you pay the subscription and they constantly have new games coming in. They have hundreds of games in the back catalog that they can play. And it's just, I think, a very attractive option for not just for parents, for anyone really. 
Okay, that's all well and good, Michael. I mean, Netflix model, that sounds great. Big library, people want all the options they can get with the new games. But here's the thing, that's always going to be quantity over quality. The stuff that the Sony-owned studios are, are making are subjectively much better games. I mean, I can talk about some of the big games that are going to come out on the PS5 exclusively. Let's talk about God of War. The new God of War game is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. The previous God of War game won Game of the Year in a year that had many, many difficult contenders like Red Dead Redemption 2. So that should tell you about the excitement some of the PlayStation 5 owners are going to have when the new God of War game comes out. Also, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Zero Dawn was one of the seminal PlayStation 4 games, and it set the standard for some of the PlayStation 4 games we were seeing after that game came out. Great graphics, great gameplay, great story. Uh, so there's going to be a lot to look forward to with the sequel that's coming out next year. Also the sequel to Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. So arguably not a full game. It's a bit of an addendum to the last game, but you get to play it on the new console. Great graphics. Who doesn't want to play a Spider-Man? I must say that Spider-Man really does nothing for me. <laughs> but let's say that I can accept there are people who are really into the new Spider-Man games. And I agree with you that Sony has a lot of great exclusives. God of War, maybe the biggest one. I think something to think about is how much of your time do you spend playing exclusives and how much of it do you spend playing third-party titles? And without a doubt, the biggest game coming out this year, if it comes out this year with all the delays that have been happening, is Cyberpunk 2077. And that's going to be available on all the consoles. So you have all these big names like Call of Duty, Fortnite, all the games that come out on all the consoles and on PC every year. And the best place to play them is going to be on the most powerful console, which is the Xbox One X. So, you know, you have to weigh that up. Are you going to buy a console to spend maybe 40 hours on an admittedly great exclusive? Or do you want to use all the time you spend to play other games, playing it in a better way on the, as a more powerful machine? I, I got to say, Mike, to me, it sounds like you're offering me a very good gourmet experience that might happen once a month or once every couple of months, or you're telling me you can have fast food every other day. I think uh -huh. I'd rather have the gourmet meal. I would rather have the memorable experience that I can, you know, think about and, and want to go back to, uh, like the PlayStation exclusives. I can tell you about Last of Us 2 that came out this year, uh, which was a PlayStation exclusive. I got to tell you, that was one of the times I saw many, many Xbox players saying they wish they had a PlayStation console. And that's just going to be something that's going to happen more often with the PlayStation 5, with the exclusives being a lot better and a lot more exciting. I have to disagree with you there. I think that was definitely the case uh, in the current generation, where Microsoft did not have that many exclusives to turn a lot of heads. But with all the studios they have acquired in the interim and more recently, there's a lot of exciting exclusives coming. Some we don't even know about yet because they haven't been announced yet. Like the new Halo, 
which when that comes out, there's going to be quite a few PlayStation owners who wish that they had an Xbox. So we'll see. I think this generation could be quite interesting in that department, in the exclusive department. And I think, honestly, that at the end of the day, we're going to have a situation where both consoles are going to have exclusives that's going to make the other side jealous. So give me some dates, Mike. When is the new Xbox console being released? The two new Xbox consoles are out on November 10. That's a little bit before the PlayStation is out, I believe. Yes, the PlayStation is arriving on the 12th in some regions and globally on the 19th of November. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see if you are planning on getting a PlayStation, whether you'll be able to wait until then or just grab the new Xbox so excited to get to be part of the new generation. <laughs> I can tell you that I, I I personally will wait at least a month or two before I get my hands on PlayStation 5, uh, mainly because of the mess that's happening at the moment with the pre-orders. Uh, the pandemic has not helped the fact that uh, more people want to buy the new console so they can play the games at home. Uh, and when they announced the pre-orders, there were issues with the links, with the sellers, with the dates, whether or not you could expect it to arrive at your door on release day or whether or not you had to go to the shop and pick it up yourself. So my personal stance on this is I will give it uh, at least six weeks, let the storm pass, and then see uh, where I can pick it up from. How about you, Mike? Pre-orders have definitely been very messy. And it is interesting to see that there's such demand for these consoles. Um, I think we're about two generations beyond the point now where all the experts said that consoles are coming to an end. No one's going to play them anymore. We're all going to play games on our phones, which is quite funny. Um, so there's huge demand, and both companies really did not do a great job of, of making the pre-order process smooth. And I think today there's a lot of people out there wondering whether they will actually have the console on day one on release date or whether they'll have to wait a few days for it to arrive or perhaps even longer. And then there's people, especially when it comes to the PlayStation, who may not have been able to get their pre-order in time. And at the moment, as we're recording this, there is no more stock available. So if you haven't ordered one yet, then you may have to wait quite a few weeks or months before you can get your hands on one. So let's talk briefly about something you mentioned earlier. The most anticipated game of the year, uh, the first big game on both consoles, Cyberpunk 2077. It's a very expansive open world game uh, set in a cyberpunk future. Uh, fans of many genres will want to play this despite uh, maybe not liking uh, the future genre, there's a very interactive world for you to take part in. Uh, the colors are great. It looks like every video they've released so far, it, every trailer is a very colorful affair. Uh, movies like Blade Runner, Alien, and stuff like that, where the future looks a lot bleaker, does not exist in this cyberpunk universe. It's closely, uh, I would say, comparable to Altered Carbon, the show on Netflix. Uh, so let's talk about 2077 Cyberpunk. How much are you looking forward to it and how disappointed have you been with all the delays, Michael? I'm looking forward to it a lot. I've been looking forward to it for many years. And I think the main reason that people are so excited about it is the fact that it's being developed by CD Projekt Red, which of course famously developed the Witcher series and most recently The Witcher 3. 
which I think we could argue was one of the best, if not the best game of the past generation. So people are very excited to see what this brilliant studio will do with a completely different setting, with the first person game, futuristic setting instead of a fantasy setting. So I'm very excited when it comes to the delays. I'm not as upset about it as some people. There have been stories of the developers getting death threats because of the delays, which is ridiculous. But I think we all have to understand with the pandemic, with the way things are at the moment, there are going to be more delays than usual. But even if it wasn't for that, I'd rather wait a bit longer and know that I'm getting a game that's in the state that the developers want it to be than play something that's rushed and then a month later a patch comes out that fixes this problem or that problem. No, so I'm happy to wait. And another good thing about the delay actually is that it's going to give us more time to play some of those other new games, enjoy the new consoles, maybe play one of those exclusives like Spider-Man, and then Cyberpunk will come around. Otherwise, I think if Cyberpunk was out on launch day, then everything else was going to be neglected. I, I agree with you. I think uh, the delays have not been uh, too bothersome, especially with this most recent delay, which is which only sets back the release 21 days. Uh, I think it, it, it's a, a more tactical decision rather than a technical decision. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting playing it. So, Michael, we've talked a lot. We've talked, we compared consoles. We've, we've said positives and negatives. Now I ask you, have I convinced you in buying a PlayStation 5? Well, I think the, my secret is that I am definitely going to get a PlayStation 5, even though Xbox will be my main console. <laughs> and I think it's actually this time around, a lot of people are going to get both consoles. And one of the reasons for that is that Sony and Microsoft are both releasing cheaper versions there's the PlayStation 5 and there's the PlayStation 5 Digital and then there's the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. And the S is much cheaper. And the main difference it has is that it is a, an HD console instead of a 4K console. So if you're not interested or care that much about playing in 4K, if you have a smaller TV or just an HD TV, you can get that console for a much cheaper price. It plays all the same games. It has all the same features as the Series X. It just is capable of doing it at a much cheaper price because it's not having to output 4K video. I can tell you that I myself uh, might buy a Xbox based on, as we mentioned earlier, the exclusive games. They, Microsoft has acquired many studios in a bid to have an exclusivity range on some, some new games. Whether or not that uh, churns out great exclusives, that's what I'll be basing my decision on. And hopefully we can uh, look forward to some exclusive games from Microsoft because they've been absolutely trashed in the last console by Sony. So I will have to say that I am definitely buying the CD version of the PlayStation 5, perhaps the lesser Series S version of the Xbox pending some exclusives. If you're not in the position to be able to buy both consoles, then you're still going to get a great experience no matter which one you get. And if you can't get one right away, it's, it's interesting considering how excited everyone is about this generation. But on both sides, there's not really any exclusives out just yet that's a must-buy, I feel. So if you have to wait a few months, wait 
to the end of the year, way to the beginning of next year, you're not going to have a terrible feeling of missing out, especially because big games like Spider-Man and Cyberpunk, they're also going to be available on the current generation consoles. So there's not really going to be anything out there that you won't be able to play if you just have a good old PS4 or Xbox One this holiday season. Absolutely. It's a great time to be a gamer, to start gaming, to get back to gaming. It's just the best time to get excited about games at the moment. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast apps. And please follow us on all the social media channels on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.